Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be with all of you. I hope your day is going accordingly. I hope it's going productive. I hope it's uh, going very well. Uh, we had a great show last night, uh, great dialogue, uh, fantastic things established, uh, amazing guests, uh, everything you could want in a show, uh, perfect flow, perfect rhythm, uh, and just like always, I mean, just, just the topics are right on par. Uh, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and guests. Uh, you guys are all incredible. Uh, the show is listened to in 24 different countries, and I'm nearly 70 online platforms. And if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, dnexnexgenusa.com. And also remember, in about a month, we will be releasing our brand-new 24-7 media network, and we're raising a lot of money for it. And we'll be having many notable names doing their own shows. And the face of the network um, will be America's Toughest Sheriff, good friend of mine, Joe Arpaio, as well as uh, Robert Spencer, the director of Jihad Watch. So those two guys, very notable people, uh, will be the main faces of the site. And obviously we'll have many others doing their own shows that are, are notable names. So a lot, a lot to look forward to. Um, it's coming along very well. And uh, really excited to share it with all of you. Uh, a lot a lot going on in the media, guys, a lot, and uh, we definitely have to get to it. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show uh, a doctor, award-winning speaker, veteran, professor, technology expert, best-selling author, and currently the leader of, commi- uh, uh, of Commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Dr. Bob Branch. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic tonight, Rory. I, I hope that you're doing well. Uh, you know, I, I, I would look forward to your network getting up and running. And uh, I know that the sheriff, he spoke out at Fountain Hills this past weekend. Uh, do you do you know if he's going to be running for sheriff or not? He is. He is. And I, when, I, when I first got back last week, uh, last Monday, when I first got back on the air, I announced uh, that he there is an 85 to like 90% chance he's running again. I Right after I heard the rumors about a week and a half ago, I called him immediately, and I, I spoke to him for about a half hour, and he pretty much confirmed it. So it, it's a yes, and he's pretty much telling all his fans on social media, stay tuned, stay tuned. So, I mean, as of now, it looks like it's absolutely, definitely like he is for sure. Well, that's excellent news. That's excellent news. I, you know, it, it's really amazing, Dr. Branch, 87 years old, and the guy still, you know, is the same he was 20, 30 years ago. He hasn't lost any steps. Well, that's right. And, he, you know, every time I talk to him, he always claims it's because he, he takes olive oil every single day. So You know, that's what he, that's, it, that's what he tells me, too. I, I, you know, I'm starting to think that that's what it probably is. I mean, it, you know, it seems like this thing is, this, this uh, olive oil is doing ma- magic for him, you know. Unbelievable, man. That's that's the only thing I cook with anymore. Since he started telling me that years ago, I just—it's olive oil, man. You know, I I, I love that I lived that long. Oh, me too, me too, my friend, me too. Um, I also want to welcome to the show uh, 
popular talk show host, uh, Desert Storm veteran, columnist, and activist, uh, Eric Thompson. Eric, how are you? Hey, good evening, guys. I'm um, looking forward to the show. I'm doing great. Uh, looks like uh, your network's going to be coming here pretty soon, so we're looking forward to it. In about a month, yeah, we're looking forward to it for sure. Uh, also, let's see, who else do I have on? I have Kevin, I believe, a founder of College Republicans United, founder of Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationals United. Kevin Ducheifer. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful, and I completely agree. I do think Sheriff Joe is likely going to run. It hasn't been official yet, but if you've seen that billboard on Indian School Road, you will know that uh, he's really looking into it, and I have full confidence in the sheriff. He's the most prolific figure, of most prolific sheriff in uh, the country, and uh, there's no one who will re- restore law and order like Sheriff Joe Arpaio. So I, I really want to see him yeah. go for it. Uh, the cutoff is uh, August 27th, so – Sometime before then, I'd love to see him run. Oh, he's oh he said he'll he'll do a press conference at the beginning of August, the first first week of August, he'll announce his run. Uh, but Kevin, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, he is the greatest sheriff of all time, and uh, you know nobody nobody has you know nobody as sheriff has ever even done a fraction of what what he's done. I mean, this guy is uh, unbelievable. I mean, such a profound. Uh, individual, and I, and I will say, uh, with what we have going on right now with the immigration crisis, it's the perfect time. It really is. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Uh, also, would like to welcome to the show, and uh, he's in the studio with us tonight. Um, hold on a second. Get in here. Uh, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author. Mr. Daryl Kane. Brother, it is so exciting. It's an honor and a privilege to be here in the studio with you tonight. And uh, such a terrific panel we've got on here tonight. And uh, God bless Sheriff Joe. That's going to be really exciting next month when he comes out with that announcement. And uh, looking forward to a great show. The energy in the studio tonight is it's just it's electric. You guys have got to feel it on the radio station. Uh, it's going to be a good one. I can feel it. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I do want to mention, and uh, I'm really excited for this, and I, and I can't wait. And I, I, was, I was with Sheriff Joe on TV when he announced his Senate run last year. I was with him when he did his official press, press conference uh, when he was officially announcing his running. And I will be on TV with him when he announces his run for sheriff. So I can't wait uh, for that. It's so much fun. It really is, really is cool. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you this, man, everybody, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think, you know, the way, the way everything is set out right now, I mean, the way it looks right now, Sheriff Joe will win by a landslide. Penn Zone has failed Maricopa County so badly, so badly. I could go, I could, I have a, an entire giant novel of Penn Zone failures and what Penn Zone has done to make this county uh, miserable. Uh, but I, I can't wait. I just can't wait, guys. It's exciting. Uh, but let's get, into, let's get into the opening story. Um, a lot going on. A lot going on. And I want to start with how fake the media is. And, and it's, it's so many different things at once. I mean, we've seen... Just in this past week, 
several fake media stories surfaced. I'll give you. I'll start. I'll start out right here. I'll give you an example. The woman in Georgia. Her fat ass was in was having too many food items in the express line, and some depth. Okay, she claims some white guy. A she she says it's a white. She tried to say it was a white Trump supporter came and harassed her, and, and came and said she needs to go back where she came from. But it turns out, and the media was going with this, going with this narrative, because what the media loves is they love race baiting, they love controversy, they love the whole victim and oppression stance. This is what this is what they feed off of. And what what happened a few days later? Oh, we find we find out it was actually a Cuban guy, and he was a Democrat. He wasn't white at all, and he was not a Trump supporter. And nobody told this woman to go back to where she came from. This is just, I mean, this kind of stuff, it's the same sort of situation that Jesse Smollett put us through. I think this kind of stuff should make anybody angry. I'm already pissed off, pissed off enough, you know, often, like with so many things going on, that this shit just piles, piles it on, makes it worse. I'm so sick of the idiocy. I'm sick of the ignorance. I'm, I'm just tired of it. It never ends. And the victim stance, the victim stance it is, is, the, is the sickest, most wimpiest, most saddest, and lowest, you know, card you could ever play. It really is. It's, it's, it's absolutely uh, mind-blowing what, what we're dealing with in the media and, you know, the stuff that they can get away with with pushing. You know, this, this political figure obviously over-abused over her power. You know, she's a black woman. She's a Democrat. We all know what their party stands for. Victimization, oppression, poor me game. And she ca- tried to capitalize on an opportunity to get her name in the paper and, and boost her career. And all it did was backfire on her, just like it did with Jesse Smollett. Listen to this clip. This, this, is, this, this, this stuff is, is, is absolutely mind-blowing.
along the ever-increasing number of conservative cult martyrs enjoying a brief spin in the limelight as a symbol of the perceived discrimination faced by those with Trumpian, quote, cough, racist, cough, politics. So they say essentially you get to be a celebrity uh, for a few minutes uh, among conservative circles um, because you're pointing out, uh, in your estimation, the way that you've been discriminated against because of your political beliefs. What do you make of their characterization of your faith? You know, I've been posting up politics and political commentary ever since I was 17 in high school. And I've been going about this path, you know, since, since high school until now. And this is only, you know, a jump start back to my career. And uh, I'm so glad to be able to, to, you know, show my voice, show my opinion to, to the public. Well, do you not think the pageant officials in choosing you and going through this process had looked at your social media? Should this be part of what pageant judges are considering these days? You know, I gave them all my social media handles. Uh, first, they should have been any better, honestly. Um, and second, they, should, they didn't even give me a time to explain. Um, they just saw this one tweet, immediately thought I was racist, Islamophobic, and then, you know, you crowned me. So I think that people should really, you know, have a dialogue, have an open dialogue, and, and understand how this point of view before judging someone. Will you answer another pageant? Probably not. Uh, this is actually when you're checked off a bucket list. Um, but other than this one, I, I think I'll just continue, you know, show my voice instead of being a pageant. All right, Kathy Zhu, uh, thanks for joining us to talk with you tonight. And again, we reached out to the pageant uh, and tried to get some comments from the directors uh, as well. And we have not heard from them, so we'll stay on the tape. Kathy, thanks. I can't believe this. I mean, can you guys understand this at all? I, you know what? It, it's it's sickening. It's disgusting how we can't have free thought and we can't support who we want in this in this country without being demonized. Well, you can support you can support a Democrat, and you know they don't really have to worry about us conservatives harassing them because that's not who we are. But if a Democrat, you know, wants to go after a Republican, I mean, it, it's, it's they get away with it. It's it's sick. And I'm also tired of. Speaking of the fake news media, I'm also tired of hearing about Jeffrey Epstein and, you know, the, the mainstream media trying to say how good of friends he was with Trump. He wasn't good friends with Trump. He was seen with Trump one or two times. Bill Clinton flew on his plane 26 times. It was in the log, and there were minors on board. And we all know Bill, you know, <laughs> talk about a sexual predator, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, there's, there's a reason why they call him Slick Dick Willie. I mean, he, uh, he, he got that nickname, but no, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell you, you know, this, this guy, uh, Epstein, you know, obviously is a sick person. He's got a lot of problems. Uh, he's very, very uh, powerful and uh, used that power to uh, create a lot of evil situations. But they need to stop the mainstream media saying that Trump and Epstein were buddies. Not true. Trump threw Epstein out of his club. His club for Epstein going after a young girl, and that was the end of their relationship. I think this was like the early 2000s. But other than that, you know, they didn't hang out often. I just knew they knew each other and saw each other a couple times, and Epstein would, would attend Trump's events. So it's not – this this was in no way a, a close relationship at all. Acquaintances, if you want to use that term. So I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing it, you know, and um, – I don't, I don't really know what to think about Acosta. You know, I, I think the whole thing is a little shady, that Acosta was the person in charge and Epstein only got one year uh, when they could have put him in life in prison. This was back in, like, I think, like 2008. 
but I will I will say, you know, that, that there is, you know, when, when you're when you're in a picture with somebody, it's amazing what the, the fake news media can uh, spit, how they can spin it, how they can twist this narrative uh, to their advantage and, and make it look like, uh, you know, that there's something more there. Because uh, look 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 at what they look at the whole Bill Clinton situation. They don't even mention that. It's pathetic. Um, let's go to Dr. Branch. Dr. Branch, go ahead. Rory, I've had the honor of being on this panel now many times with, with the great Daryl and, and, and also Eric and, and, um, Kevin, and you have had on your show many, many, many times people of the LBGTQ community. You have had people on your show that were brown. You've had people on your show that were black. And the problem and and what we always hear from these individuals is the reason they're coming over to the Republican side is because the Democrats want to throw them in this box. They want groupthink. They want conformity. They don't want the individual uh, individualism that you were just requesting. They don't want the individual mindset. When Representative Presley comes out and says, we don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need any more black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need any more Muslims that don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need any more queers that don't want a queer voice. When she says that, She's put entire communities, entire, the, entire sections of America into boxes, and their talent, we don't want you if you are an individual. We don't want you if you have an independent thought, and that's where we're heading in the United States. This is the reason why you know, I, am, I am standing by Donald Trump 100%. Because this is what we're fighting in this country. If you're not in a box, if you're not a victim, they don't want you. And that, and that is control. That is the multinationalism. That's what Canada has. That's the reason why they have hate speech laws in Canada, because you don't have a free voice up there. You have it in the United States. It's time we fight for it. It's time that we say this enough's enough. That woman that you just had from Georgia should be arrested. There are obviously, if, she, if she's in a grocery store, there are cameras all over. That was easy to be fact-checked, and for the Times to even come out and put that in their paper is just outrageous. Giving this woman a voice without checking video first, that's, that's just outrageous. It's outrageous. Jesse Smollett needs to go to jail. And you know, quite frankly, uh, you know, I like being on the side where we say we want individualism. We want independent voices. We know that this is how America is great. When we could speak our own mind because of our First Amendment, when we could protect our First Amendment because of our Second Amendment. That's my view on this subject. Absolutely. And you can hear the clips okay, right? I just want to make sure. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I I was, though, thinking that you and Daryl are in the studio eating some of that good TGI Friday stuff, though. That's that's what I was concentrating on the most. (laughs) (laughs) Not right now, but we will get very well. Yeah, Okay. very good. Yeah, we'll probably we'll be going we'll be going to TGI Fridays probably this weekend. 
Um, let me uh, – <laughs> now that you now that you mention it, uh, let's go to Eric. Eric, I know you have some thoughts. Go ahead. You talk about this on your show. Yeah, my wife and I were actually talking about this. We're, it, it, it got me so riled up. Uh, me and her used to do a, a little podcast, so we're going to start one called Faith, Family, and Country encouraging Christians to, to get in the fight and to, you know, to, it's time to get engaged. The fact that the liberals think it's okay to go up and hit somebody because they're wearing a wrong hat or to take away a, a beauty contest because they said they're conservative and they support president Trump, or they can lie blatantly like Jesse Smollett. And now you got a representative out, out of Georgia that put the tears on they cry. There's, see, there's no shame on the left. There's no shame with Ilhan Omar. There's no shame with Rashida Tlaib. They, they lie. They marry their brothers. You know, they, they do whatever they need to do. And nobody cares. A judicial watch filed today with the House of Representatives to open an inquiry about her Ilhan Omar marrying her brother. So, well, I mean, we're, we're living in it. We're living in a, in a, in a point in our history that we're either going to be a unique country or we're going to become another failed Western European country. Because what's happening is, is that the left is going to continue to push and push and push. They will never age in the political process. This will never end until we die. So I'm 51. I'm planning on as long as I can, you know, speak my voice. We're always going to be having to turn back um, tyranny turn back, you know, the implied racism, because they have to separate us by race. They have to separate us by economic class. They have to separate us by religion. If they're going to get us to agree to give up our guns, to give up, to modify our first and second amendment, they have to separate us. And this is going to continue. And that's why they've turned up the rhetoric saying, Oh, uh, Trump just doesn't like Brown people or people of color. You know, and everybody out there is, is even these stupid liberal white people. Yeah, Trump's a racist. He does, you know, um, we, there was a, that uh, Oprah's guru, her little spiritual whack job. She came out praying that, uh, that uh, with a, a quote unquote church, oh, black people hold our white people's hands. White people repeat after me. We are sorry for reparations. We are stupid. We should be killed. You know, I mean, uh, and they're like repeating after her, like some demonic chant, trying to make amends for what happened in the in the late 1800s. So uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be that we're not going to have days where we're going to be a United States of America ever again. We're going to be a divided states. The the question is, do we the people who live under the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and enjoy those freedoms? Are we willing to fight and hand them off to our children and grandchildren, get them out of public schools, get them to focus on peace, family, and country, and, and understand that it's going to be difficult, but better to live under freedom than to give up your rights. And then there, our grandchildren are saying, oh, I sure wish we would have kept our, our guns, Grandpa, because the government's taken everything like happened in Venezuela. You know, I sure we wish we would have kept our free speech because I'm sick of getting arrested for not agreeing with the group think. So it's a time where we can go down as staying unique or we can go down as someone that, that kind of fought for our rights. And if we kind of fight, we shall lose. So I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted that that lady would say that 
white privilege caused a man who was a Democrat to come up and tell her to go home and then to say, well, he actually didn't say that. He just said that I was a bitch. You know what I mean? It's like, well, that's a big difference between white people, white privilege, sending black people back to Africa, and a guy that thought you were a total jerk for cutting in line at the grocery store. So enough is enough. It's time for us to stand up. Yeah, and he wasn't even white, it turns out. He was a, a, a Cuban Democrat, was not even white. It's crazy. crazy. Right, um, and, the, and, the, right. And, 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 no, and they just brush it over because now, oh, well, she got caught like Jesse Smollett. Yeah. And get to the Mueller report, try to bring up the impeachment story, distract, distract, distract. And we just need to be yeah. ahead of them like President Trump because he can't do it by himself. You're absolutely right. Uh, we're going to get to uh, our special guest here in a second. And I do, I do want to go quickly though, um, and, and I will get to. I got like a few more people to get to on this question. But uh, AJ from Houston, uh, you may know him from the Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh show. Uh, AJ, go ahead, and then I got one other person, and then we'll introduce our special guest. But AJ, go ahead. Big time. I am appalled about what's all going on. And truth told, I'm listening to all your guests. And what we have is the white liberals being done like the blacks was in the good old days. They're being enslaved by racism. That's the only thing you can call it. Because when you got white folks out there saying that Trump is a racist, everything we say, do, take down, everything is a racist now, ever since Barack Obama hit the White House. We have almost lost the country. Thank God Donald Trump is in there because he's the only one standing in between us and socialism. The first thing about it, that woman, that guy, I mean, it's appalling to understand what Obama did to this country. I talked to my uncle in Ohio. He deliberately said that's why they put Obama in the White House to divide the country, to tear it down. I say, you really did that, and you want to make the black folk look bad for the first black president to get in the, well, he's not black, but it, to get in there and act like he was black to tear the country down? I say he was used by the white liberals like a patsy to go in there, knowing that Hillary had it by the neck, and now he goes in there and takes it. That's why Bill Clinton said they used the race game. It started back then. And now, look, at all you just go down the line of what Obama did for eight years. Guys, it was division of the country. But the media, right. the, I ain't going to even call them a media. I'm just going to call them buttnecks. This is a joke what we're watching, people. And if we don't wake up soon, this country will be become socialized from what the Obama a time done to our country. Everybody, look at the Mueller report. And then, well, look at this. Trump, they saying again, they bringing up something else. Trump, they came up today. Trump, oh, uh, said that uh, the Mueller deal, he better say what he better say, and he better have the right deal. Come to find out, that wasn't ever said. The media lied again. People, what we have is the media backing the idiots and the liberals, just like they did Obama, never called him out on anything. You know, Obama got everything on the plate, what they saying that Trump did, but they won't call him out because they scared of the race card. 
And the thing of it is, we so sick of the race car. It's like the boy crying wolf. What happened to him? He cried wolf so much he got ate up. And this is what's yeah. going to happen to the Democrat Party, people. This Well, right. I don't even know if you can call them a Democrat Party anymore. This is definitely Hitlerized. This is a socialized party that wants to tear this country down, all because look what they did when Obama walked in, tearing down our statues. Why? Well, oh, all of a sudden, after 100 some years, it's racist? I mean, come on. This is a joke, what we're watching, people. And the worst part about it is there is no Republican standing up, standing up behind Donald right. Trump, but a few to stop all right. this crazy crap that's going on. Democrats ain't going to stop. So when the Miller deal comes tomorrow, don't look for them to stop. They're going to pile on 100%. This is going to go yeah. on into the 2020 election. The only way we're yeah. going to stop this is vote them four idiots out and to make sure we get the House back and make sure all what Trump did, we got to put it into law. Obama did it, yes. and he did what What he did, regulation. I mean, he did uh, what they call it. Um, God dang it, I can, my mind train is gone. Uh, executive, uh, executive order. order. Okay, when you do that, it, any president, uh, if a Democrat get back in there, he's going to tear it down. So we got to win the House back so we can put this into law to stop, make yep. sure that the Democrats don't come back in and do this junk that they're trying to do. This, man, I mean, you just can't, you can't look at this and say, oh, this is America. America was never like this until Obama walked right. in the White House. But they've been doing you're, it before, Obama, but nobody never paid attention because we were so busy raising our children and making the country what it is. Look at this. Right. Every time you turn around, when you say something about yeah. America, oh, America is wrong. America is this. Yeah. I mean, what what planet are these people living on? Hey, I'm great. So if you AJ don't, there, hey, there. if you don't like America, get out. I'm telling you now, yeah. get out. It's, I don't care if you were born here. If you don't like it, get out. I'm just saying it yeah. like it is, people. This it's, is a joke for you watching. It's that simple. No, you're, 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 no, I'm sick of it too. You're not alone, man. Uh, let's, let's go to let's go to Go ahead. Yeah, AJ, some great points there. Obviously, the marginalization of whites, uh, both legally, culturally, politically, definitely something that uh, has gone to the point where it's demanding a, sp a strong response. And I think Dr. Branch touched on something earlier that's really important. I think that with the rise in uh, fake uh, hate crimes and hate crime hoaxes, I think that it's time to start talking about specific legislature uh, that sort of directed towards curbing these behaviors, sort of like we have hate crimes. So you know how it's like if you assault someone on the street, it's it's worth five years, but if you assault them and there's a, a hateful quote-unquote reason as opposed to, I guess, a non-hateful reason to assault someone, the crime is larger. I think that uh, hate crimes, fake hate crime hoaxes really are, are substantially worse than actually the, the, the hate crimes themselves. So it has to be something that would be actually – uh, much heavier than that, because obviously you're you're harming both sides, right? So, for example, we have, as everyone knows, a a, a serious epidemic of false allegations of sexual assault. 
not only does that harm the men that are have their lives often destroyed by these phantom assaults, but they also harm the actual victims of sexual assault because it it makes it makes a a general eye roll from the public when they hear about these things occurring. So we need to treat these things very seriously. When it comes to reparations and these types of things, I floated the idea for 2024, uh, reparations tied directly to repatriation. So, you know, I was taught growing up that if somebody tells you that you've hurt their feelings, you sort of accept that at face value. You know, if you're still hurt about what was going on to your grandparents a few generations ago, I I take that at face value. And if you feel that it was wrong that you were brought here and your ancestors were brought here against your will, I think that uh, the United States government should do everything possible to assist you in repatriating back to uh, the African nation of your choice. Otherwise, you have the option to opt out of that, become a United States citizen, and continue enjoying the rights and privileges of all other United States citizens. So those would be my comments on that. And I think, obviously, we're all making the same points here. The conservative establishment needs to be much stronger culturally and on all of these other issues that are so important, rather than sort of falling back into the the creeping malaise of limperist and libertarianism. We need a hard right that is capable of giving a meaningful response to the ongoing encroachment from the left, and I think Trump is – is providing something very good right now, and I think that as time goes on, we, we actually need to grow increasingly stronger on these topics. Back to you, Roy. Uh, very, very well said, Daryl. I, I am going to introduce our, our guest um, here in a second. Uh, very, very excited to uh, um, have him on. Uh, we, have, we definitely have a lot to talk about. I, I, I got to ask Kevin real quick, his thoughts on this, and we're going to go to the commercial. And then we'll introduce our guests. So, guys, sorry, we're running a little late tonight. Doesn't usually happen. Uh, I apologize. Uh, but, Kevin, go ahead. Oh, yes. Well, this whole media fake hate debacle has been uh, really showing how terrible the, the media in general is. I mean, this is another example of how you have not only a shortage of uh, supply for the media's demand of, of hate crime, but in this case, it's even hate speech that they're making up in order to create their, their narrative of this white privilege, white aggressors, oppressors, and, and everything. you gotta, you got to remember with this whole media, uh, I would say, monolith that they own. I mean, you have six companies that own all of uh, media, essentially. You have Comcast, the, by far the biggest, and you know, they own all of the NBCs, the MSNBCs, the CNBCs, and, and so, so on. You have Disney is number two, Time Warner. I mean, they, they own CNN, you have News Corp, and National Amusements, and Sony. I mean, uh, they own the entire market. you got to remember, these, don't, these people don't just own media corporations. I mean, they own telecommunications. I mean, you, you think of Comcast, they own AT&T. I mean, we're using the products of these mega corporations that hate our country, hate our principles, uh, want anything – uh, to do anything in order to hurt our, our image and our values, and they're using government in order to uh, basically uh, spy on us and collect information to hurt us, you know, to send the prosecutors and make up fake crimes against us. And it's absolutely uh, horrible. And it, these companies not only need to be broken up, but there needs to be laws that are enforced to prevent any of these catastrophes from happening in order to save our country. Very, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Kevin. Very, very well said. 
Um, we we are going to take a quick commercial break, everybody. We'll be right back with Sean Noble. Very very excited uh, to be speaking with him. Stay with us, everybody. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms, and everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, dnexgenusa.com. And also remember, we will be uh, releasing and and launching our 24-7 media network next month. Uh, It'll be at 24-7. We have many notable names that will be doing their own shows as well as we will be having my good friend, America's Tepa Sheriff, Joe Arpaio, as the face of the network, and my buddy, uh, Robert Spencer, who's the director of Jihad Watch. And I can't wait to share this with all of you guys. I mean, this is something that we've been, you know, all of us, a lot of people have been working on for a while. This is, this is something really special. I'm very excited for it. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show a uh, very special guest tonight, a constitutionalist, political consultant, lobbyist, President of American Encore, and currently, and and also the founder of DC London Inc., Sean Noble. Sean, how are you? Great to be with you, Roy. Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely, Sean. Well, man, I'll tell you, um, you have quite the resume, my friend. And um, sorry about the delay. We were, we were running a little bit late tonight. But, uh, you know, it's your first time on the show. What I like to do with all my guests when they first come on the show is, you know, give us your bio. Tell us how it all started for you, you know, how you got to where you are today, uh, all that good stuff. Well, it's a it's a long story, but I'll I'll give you the abbreviated version. It starts back in 1980. Uh, my mom was very much a constitutionalist. I was ra- I was raised by great parents who were patriots, strong believers in the founding fathers and our constitutional system of government. And uh, she sat me down. I was 10 years old. She sat me down. She said, uh, "This was the fall of 1980." She said, "I want you to call all these people and tell them to vote for Ronald Reagan." It was the Republicans. Registered Republicans in Navajo County, Arizona. I lived in I grew up in Shiloh, Arizona, and it took okay. me all about 15 minutes because there were so few Republicans <laughs> back then. But then she started having me call the Democrats, and I got a chance as a young young person to uh, witness the Reagan Revolution right up front uh, with the Reagan Democrats because there were so many Democrats in rural Arizona that were supporting Ronald Reagan over Jimmy Carter. Uh, and you know that I was a true Reagan baby, so I I got the bug. Uh, went on to, you know, actually, uh, when when I went to college, I majored in broadcast journalism because I thought I was going to try to be a newscaster who was fair and balanced before Fox News was. <laughs> uh, but then ended up uh, running a congressional campaign in 1994 for a guy named John Shattuck. Uh, he was a underdog. And he ended up winning the primary, winning the general. And then I went on to work for him for about 14 years. He was a, you know, staunchly conservative Republican, a part of the uh, the '94 revolution when we took the House back for the first time in 40 years. Um, and then went on to do some political consulting, and that's what I've been doing since 2008. Uh, you know, and the causes and and individuals I work for are always a part of what is. The, it, what I consider the conservative movement. So uh, it's been right. a total blast, and you know, I've it, it is the greatest honor that I have to wake up every morning, knowing that I'm doing what I love because what I love is, you know, advancing freedom for the people of the United States. Absolutely. Now, now tell us a little bit about, you know, I, I obviously I have a, I have a couple. Uh, you know, questions right now for you. Uh, first of all, first off, um, describe the similarities with the Reagan Democrats and a lot of the Democrats that are voting for Trump today, just because the party has gone so far left. And I see the similarities with how far left it was with Jimmy Carter, because he was very far left, and how far left it is now. Obviously, it was never as far left to, to this extent. I mean, this is all whole new level of, of craziness and insanity. But back then, I feel like the reason Reagan got so many uh, Democratic votes is because Jimmy Carter, was, you know, wasn't, wasn't you know, uh, resignating and, and appealing uh, to the moderates. And the same sort of well, thing I feel like is happening today with Trump. I mean, a lot of the moderates are voting for Trump. They may not agree with everything he does, but it's a hell of a lot better for them than communism, you know? Absolutely. I, I think there's some great similarities. I think that the first and foremost, there's a there's an understanding that America is great. And um, I, in fact, 
I mean, Trump was smart to make make America great again a part of his uh, mantra because that was a slogan that Reagan used in 1980 uh, because there was such a malaise going on at that point, and there was such kind of a downer. I think that people understood that we are a great nation. We are the greatest nation on earth, and we shouldn't be apologetic about that. There's nothing – we're not being – uh, prideful about it. We're just saying we have the best system of government that's been that's ever been discovered or, or invented because the founders were were guided by God to create uh, a, a system of government that promoted freedom, and that was the first time in our world's history that we had this kind of government, and uh, we shouldn't be ashamed of that. And Reagan yeah. wasn't ashamed of it. He talked about the, the importance of freedom, and and Trump picked up on that. And that is, you know, he, he, he reached out to the angst that the, that the average American feels and that, or was feeling in 2016 after eight years of Obama, and it, that resonates. And while the Democrats, if they had been smart, the reaction would have been, oh, we're going to try to explain why our policies are better and we're going to do it in a rational way, but – Instead, what they've done is they've just done a hard left turn, and the Democrats have never been more left in our history than now. I mean, it's that they have abandoned a vast majority of their voters by being so hardcore left. I mean, I there are a lot of people who say, "Oh, I don't think there's any way that Trump can be reelected." I said, "Look, this is Trump's to lose because the Democrats are just giving us such an opportunity by how hardcore left they are going." I mean. While millennials and, and Gen Zs may not understand what socialism actually means, the people who actually vote, because millennials don't vote that much, um, are going to understand it. They know the danger it poses, and uh, there's going to be massive turnout in 2020. It's going to be a turnout like we've never seen before, and it's, it's what I believe is going to carry Trump right back into reelection into the White House. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I I agree. I, I agree with you. And you know, I, tell tell us about um, tell us about you know your your career with uh, President. You know, obviously you're the president of American Encore, and also the founder of DC London Inc. Tell us about that. Both of those. So, DC London was was founded back in 2011 um, by a, a handful of us that were uh, working on real conservative. I was recruited to help fight against. Um, what was what became Obamacare when it was going through Congress? We were trying to fight against uh, what the Democrats were proposing, and mm-hmm. obviously we didn't succeed because of the whole reconciliation vote in March of 2010. What we did do right. is we we made the bill better. I mean, they were going for a public option back then. That didn't happen. But then, most more importantly, uh, my business partner. Uh, when we were all done at the end of the day and, and that fateful day in March, she had been tallying the, the different members of Congress who we thought were going to vote no on the bill, but Pelosi broke their arms. And she saw all these Democrats in districts where it had no business voting for this expansion of uh, government-run health care. She said, that's the next project. We have to go after these people on the health care issue. And so we managed a massive independent expenditure effort in 2010, we targeted about 80 districts. Um, interestingly, her initial list of 66 districts uh, that were the targets 
uh, after election day, when all the dust was settled, we looked back, we won 65 of the 66, um, which is what created the majority for Republicans uh, in 2010. And then we went on to uh, create American Encore. American Encore is an organization that back in, we, we rebranded. It was, usually, it was originally dealing with the healthcare issue, but in 2014, we renamed it American Encore and talked about, you know, used Reagan as, you know, the, the visionary of America is great. It's time for an encore. It's time for us to be great again. And then obviously Trump picked up that mantle and uh, here we are. Yeah. And, you know, you tell, tell us, you know, your, your work in D, obviously you've worked, you know, in DC and worked with a lot of different organizations that have been around this uh, environment. Uh, you know, explain it. I mean, what 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 do you think about the swamp? I mean, what do you think about everything that Trump has to deal with? I mean, well, it's crazy. It, it is a it really is. it is a Herculean task when you take on the the, the establishment of DC, and it, it truly is a swamp. I mean, it and it's it's a it's unfortunately a bipartisan swamp, um, and yeah. they're just and it's a, built you know, up with it, so many. So many years have built up and built up. I mean, it's so deep. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it is. It is. It's it's. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I I do think that a lot of progress will be made after Trump gets reelected, and uh, we can get serious about some spending cuts and trying to kind of break the stranglehold of the establishment on just the things that are just crazy that this government funds. I mean, we fund so many things that are just for us to be funding. And, you know, there have been some true heroes uh, in the fight on that. I mean, Tom, I, I think about Tom Coburn, who is a member of Congress. He was one of the class of 94 come in as part of the majority and then went on to be in the Senate. And, you know, he, he was a champion when it came to really looking at wasteful spending. Um, and, but it goes much deeper than that. It's it's not just the wasteful spending, but it's just the the, the entrenchment of the mentality that government knows best how to rule our lives, and it's just it's going to take it, it it's going to take more than the next four years of a Trump presidency. We're going to have to elect a, a Republican after that, and take back the House, keep the Senate, so that we can start to unwind this stuff. Um, you know, unfortunately, shortly after. George W. Bush got elected. We had 9/11, and while we were making progress prior to that, I think that that created, you know, such a issue when it came to national security and the fight on terrorism that the that took front and center, and we didn't get to a chance as a, a unified uh, Republican majority uh, having the House, the Senate, and the presidency to really fix mm -hmm. the, the fundamental problems that exist the systemic problems that exist in Washington. So it is a it is very frustrating, but as as the founders knew and and created a system that moves slow, it, it, it moves slow one way or the other. So is as long as you know for the last forty years there's been a creeping encroachment of government control, it's gonna take a long time for us to peel that back, and the president's done a great job, particularly on judges, that has such an important uh, impact on 
the way the government approach the approach of government, because um, with these federal appellate judges and district court judges and the, obviously the Supreme Court, we've got a generation of opportunity to unwind these things. And I think we'll see more and more of those things going to the Supreme Court, kind of unwinding them. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the biggest cases last year on the Supreme Court was the Janus decision. That was the decision that said that public employees could not be required. You know, they they didn't have to to join a union in order to have their job. That's that was an overturn of a Supreme Court decision 40 years ago. So it, these are things that are really important that will change the course of America. It's just we're going to have to be patient. We have to continue to be vigilant because we have to work day in and day out to continue to change that. It's you know it's turning a a huge ship in the night. It's going to take some time, but I think we're going in the right direction. Right, and uh, you know, I was reading. You know, you you've done stuff for a lot of different political candidates with your political consulting. You know, I just read that you helped Ducey get elected. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So, and uh, uh, there's a guy named Doug Ducey. He's a great American. He he was famous for having taken over a little ice cream shop in Tempe, Arizona, Cold Stone, um, and and he he grew it from one one location. He decided he was going to take it over and franchise it, you know, ended up having more than a thousand locations across the world, incredible, incredible success story. Um, He then uh, left that company and decided, you know, he's been, you know, he had success in his life. He wanted to give back. He wanted, he looked at public service. He'd been involved in, you know, helping donate to Republicans in Arizona and, you know, approached me and said, Hey, you know, I, I want to give back. What do I do? And I said, he, and so the more we talked, um, the more obviously as an executive, chief executive, uh, being a governor made sense. But I also knew that, you know, campaigning takes practice. Uh, and there's a lot of the, I, I, one, I remember one time I was sitting with him, I said, the political history is littered with, uh, the road of political history is littered with the bodies of chief executives who thought they could go straight for the brass ring. Um, right. And he ended up running for treasurer of Arizona and won that race. And after four years, he would felt like he was in a position. He ran for governor. And, and we did the American Encore was a part of the independent expenditure effort uh, to help him. And uh, it was a successful, and he's been a great governor for Arizona. So, so explain explain that business explain that business to the audience. You're a political consultant. You know, obviously, you raise money for different candidates. Explain that business to everybody for people that don't know. I mean, I know it. I know it very well. I know what it entails. But uh, and I also some of your some of your clients, obviously. I know you've been doing this quite quite some time. So, one of the things that I've I've kind of specialized in. Um, is we'll, you know I've done both candidate side and what's called independent expenditure. So that's the outside spending. So if there's a a candidate that a group of people really want to help, as a result of a great Supreme Court decision in 2010 called Citizens United, uh, this allows right. individuals and corporations to spend unlimited money on political activity uh, through C4 organizations or 527 organizations. Um, And this was a very important inflection point in American political history because prior to Citizens United, the entire outside spending was completely owned by the unions. 
they were the originators of what the so-called dark money, right? You, you had millions and millions of dollars being poured into Democrat candidates and campaigns and efforts. And as Republicans, we had our hands tied because we didn't have the ability to, to match that. We didn't have unions on our side. And so Citizens United said, no, corporations and individuals, there is no limit on what they can spend if they want to exercise their First Amendment rights of political speech. And so right. that was the rise of, of C4s, spending 501C4s, those are nonprofit organizations um, to spend in, in politics. Also, uh, organizations called 527, that's a section of the IRS code, but that's that's a super PAC. So right. um, you see those, you know, hear about super PACs. These are all the left likes to term all of this as quote-unquote dark money, but it's, you know, that's just their way of, of being mad that they had an, you know, we had an equal playing field after 2010. And so what we did after 2010 or in 2010 and forward was start to say, okay, if there are things that a campaign is doing that uh, they need help with, then we as the outside can help them with that. So there've been a number of, of candidates that we've done work for um, in, in the, in the relation to, doing outside spending. So and that was the case in Doug Ducey's race and for governor is that there was a lot of the, the role of a super PAC or outside uh, independent expenditure effort is to kind of be the bulldog. So we did a lot of the negatives of hits on his opponent mm -hmm. and um, that freed him up, his campaign up to, to present their message, to be positive. And so we could be the ones that, paint the contrast. And I think that that's an important part of the political discussion. I mean, you need to know what the, what the vulnerabilities are uh, or the, the weaknesses are of your opponent, but what, you know, what would that mean? Um, and so, you know, obviously as, as a strong conservative Republican, you know, I've only done work for Republicans and so Democrats don't like me very much. So they've, you know, they've done a lot of things to try to attack me and, uh, American Encore and our company, but um, as I've told people, people say to me, how do you deal with that? I say, look, if I'm not being attacked by the left and I'm not doing something right, you know, I'm, I must be doing something right if I'm taking flack. Right. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, so what, what are some of the latest projects you're working on? So one, an interesting thing that I'm working on right now is um, technically not political, uh, but it clearly has some political ramifications. Um, we're helping an organization working on uh, educating uh, public employee unions. This is this Janus decision I talked about last year, uh, helping public employee union members uh, understand that they don't have to be a part of their union. And so we're, we're helping union members opt out of their unions. And so they don't spend, you know, on average a, a public employee will spend between $800 and $1,200 a year on union dues. And that money, the, the vast majority of that money goes straight into the coffers of liberal uh, politicians uh, and, and electing the, the, the likes of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and other, you know, hardcore liberals. And yeah. so we've done some analysis. If we could get 25% of the 5 million public employee union members across the country to opt out of their union, it would take 
more than a billion dollars give every two years away from unions to spend on against us on on the political realm. And so while it's a a not a very profile or sexy issue, it could have some serious ramifications year over year going forward into the future to defund the leftist unions uh, that have been such a bane to good public policy and conservatism in, in the United States. Yeah, and, you know, Sean, you've been on some of the biggest, the big media channels. You've been on Fox News regularly. You've been on all these different channels, uh, different magazines, and I know you talk about different things. Um, I do want to ask you, what do you think of the business that these donors are in? You know, people like uh, George Soros, people like the Coach Brothers, people like, you know, some of these large, these people that really donate a lot of money. I mean, do you think it's, it's a dirty business? Do you think it's an aggressive business? Uh, do you think they, these people ask for certain things that are probably going into a gray area? How, how do you look at it? I know, I know in today's society, at least from my perspective, it seems like, you know, it's in, in some ways over-abused. I mean, they, definitely these people like to give money a lot of it, especially they have it, so they can have some sort of influence and power over the person in charge, you know, in the Oval Office. What do you think? Well, it's, that's a, a really good question, and, and I can only speak from the experience of what I know. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that, that um, there probably isn't anyone who is more committed to the concept of the American dream than Charles Koch. Uh, the guy, you know, is, is a true believer. Now, he may have some, some issues even that though- he – Believes Even though he doesn't leave Well, I, you know, that, I think that's a that – he's a very – I mean, he's a very congenial Midwestern grandpa, um, and he's a very mild-mannered, uh, you know, person that, you know, you would – if you saw him, you'd just think, boy, he's a great little he's – a, he's a very nice grandpa. Um, and, you know, he's, he's not flashy. He's not – he doesn't seek the limelight. So Trump is very different in, in as far as style goes, and he also, you know, Charles has some some differences of opinion um, on a, a handful of things with Trump. But I think from the standpoint of the economy and regulation, I mean, one of the things that that I know about Koch brothers is that they understand how important it is to deregulate because government regulation is what stifles economic uh, prosperity. And so they're very much aligned with Trump in that regard. Um, but I think that you know the stuff that he gets involved in, he does purely from a standpoint of, of wanting to advance uh, what he believes in as a part of, of, of America. George Soros, I don't know him. Um, I'm pretty disgusted by some of the things he funds, but he, you know, he probably does that from a standpoint of what his worldview is, which is different than mine. Um, one that I... I find interesting is Tom Steyer, who's now running for president on the Democrat side. He has spent millions and millions of dollars on both the issue of trying to tackle climate change. He has a very different view of that than I do. Um, And also uh, he's been leading the charge on impeaching uh, President Trump. I I think his motives, you know, I don't know what his motives seem to be that he really believes that stuff. But I think, you know, the 
the bottom line is is that I I believe that that there are many times that consultants and others don't give the the American people enough credit. They are smarter than than politicians believe that they are. Uh, they can they can and I think that that's what you saw in 2016 is you you saw the whole establishment class just the, lose their minds that Trump could be elected. It's like how is this possible? And the American people are smart. They understand that Hillary Clinton was someone who was not going to move us in the direction we need to go. She was going to continue the policies of Obama, maybe even make, make things worse. And they understood that that's not what America needed. And I think that's right. why you know, Trump is going to defy the expectations of, of the establishment again by winning re-election. Yeah. And I think it's not going to be close. Uh, this whole right. talk about, oh, he's going to lose the – you know, he might win the electoral college, but he's going to lose the popular vote. I think he wins the popular vote and he wins the electoral college in what would be considered a landslide. I mean, I just this, nope. the to me this is not even close. I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. I know my panel uh, definitely has some questions. Uh, let's uh, let's get to them. Uh, I do want to welcome though uh, Second Amendment advocate, gun spokesman, entrepreneur, musician, commentator, activist, and best-selling author Dan Watts. Dan, I I didn't see on on the line earlier, but now I did in the last twenty minutes, and I wanted to get to you first uh, on the panel. Uh, what what are your thoughts, my friend? Well, hey, thanks uh, thanks Rory, and, and glad to be on the show. And uh, everyone had some. There's been some really great comments, and I, I think you know one of the things. Um, Sean just just said that the Democrat donors they really believe this stuff and they really believe in what they're doing and that's the scary part to me. Um, but then when you go down the, the food chain and you look at the Democrat voters, uh, they really believe that Republicans are these evil people. And I, and I always look at how does this happen? You know how is it? that they truly, in their heart, believe that we are evil. And it's because the media is constantly pumping this stuff into their minds. And, and I do believe that it's, a, it's a, some form of brainwashing, because you hear the same stuff every single day. You start to fall in line with it. And uh, like an example would be um, a, a relative of mine, I won't say who, um, has been starting to watch um she's older she she doesn't really care too much what she watches so she has, she's been starting to watch a lot of the mainstream media and she comes over for dinner at once in a while and she starts talking badly about Trump and she never did that before it's because of the way they talk about Trump and it's because of the way they talk about republicans and conservatives is that when you listen to that stuff all the time, you start to fall in line. You start to believe that stuff, and so that's the that's the real scary part of it all. But we have to look at at how um, Republicans don't really have the media in our corners, you know, defending our ideology, defending our beliefs. Uh, like Democrats do. We are growing stronger without that support of the media. People have to realize that. We don't have that. We have a lot of grassroots uh, shows and, and, and outlets and, and you know forms of, of media, but we don't have the mainstream media you know, supporting us. 
So what's happening here is, I think, is Republicans, conservatives, are getting stronger, and we realize that we can survive and, and stay strong and get our message out without the help of mainstream media. Democrats can't do that. Democrats right. are very re- reliant on their media, and they are actually dependent. Their Democrats are starting to become slaves to the mainstream media. Now, if this is true, it's all hy- hypothetical, but if this is true, what do you think would happen if the media started to turn on the Democrats? And what if Trump's popularity – started to win them over. And I know this is kind of a crazy thing, and, and we, we, we almost can't even imagine this happening. But remember, the media, they need to make money. And if they realize... They ratings. That's right. And if they realize that they're not making their money by supporting that democratic ideology, although a lot of them are ingrained, a lot of them ingrained in the mainstream media are true and Democrats. And, and don't forget, don't forget, love them or hate them, People are still going to watch the channel and, and obsess over him. That's what they do. Whether you hate him or you love him, I would say 98% of people in our country say his name every day. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just wonder, and I kind of you know, hypothesize as to what, it would, what would happen. I tell you what, I think the Democratic Party, <laughs> would, it would, they would be destroyed if the media started to, started to turn on him. And they would they would literally be run into the dirt, and um, you know it could happen. And I think Trump's popularity is a is a organic popularity. It's not something that's contrived and created and manufactured like like popularity is on the Democratic side. You know, Democratic side they create the popular table, and they, you know. They, you got when you when you go to, when if you want to sit at that popular table, you have to eat from that menu. It's not like that on the Republican conservative side. It's more organic, and it's people are here on this side because we really want to be, and we're not afraid to stand a, alone, and we're not afraid to go against the, the 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 mainstream. So that's what makes us strong. I think we have a much stronger position. Uh, Without the mainstream media, so it was just a point. That was just something that I was thinking about, and, and um, you know, um, there was one other thing I wanted to. Um, oh, Eric said earlier that the Democrat voters and people on that side really have no shame by some of the stuff that they that they can mm-hmm. say and do, and it's true. Right. I don't think they have any shame. So I start to think about, well, what is shame and what causes us to have shame? And it really comes down to kind of a self-respect. You know, if you don't have a certain level of self-respect, I think you wouldn't have any shame. Shame comes when you realize that you're going against your moral values. And that's when you feel shameful, when you, when you recognize you're going against your, your morals. When you don't have any moral base, I don't think you feel shame. Does that make sense? And I think they're being trained to not have any shame. And I think they're being trained to really not have any moral value. And they're just really kind of being manipulated into this ideological mold. And uh, it's, it's really interesting to watch because these people who think they're so righteous and so virtuous are really 
being manipulated and they're really being puppets of this manufactured um you know idea ideological movement it's it's, it's really strange right. and interesting thing no you're you're absolutely right i mean you, very very good point um i also i also want to introduce to the program uh we have on the line 2020 republican congressional candidate for the 13th district of ohio uh, dr Dwayne hennon how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Rory? Uh, doing well, my friend. What What are your thoughts on this on this conversation? I'm sure you probably have a lot to add in. You know, I, I think I would agree that um, you know 2020 is going to be a whole new landscape. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a close race um, when it comes to Trump. Uh, I think he's going to win by a landslide on you know both popular and you know electoral college. Um, you know, the numbers he's been uh, producing for our country, um, all the positive results, um, who can argue with that? Uh, you know, when, when you have to come up with comments that, well, he's racist or, you know, things along that line, um, you don't have anything else to stand on. Uh, you know, and I think that's why they're doing it. And I think a lot of it's just like smoke just to cover up for what they've been doing as well. You know, they, Democrats like to try to cover up their own tracks uh, by blaming the other person. Um, so I think we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, even in our my district, um, you know, we, we're seeing some momentum on the Republican side. Um, in, in the county that I live in, the Republican Party has kind of went through a little bit of turmoil uh, about three years back or so, and it's all coming together. It's coming to where you know people are starting to be more unified. So I think even in our area, we're going to see a lot more. And this is a heavily Democratic area. Um, I, I think. Um, Tim Ryan, um, he can just keep running for president because I don't believe he's going to have a seat in the House. Um, he might might have a seat at CNN, but you know we'll see about that too. Um, but you know I think there's just a lot going on that uh, the American people are fed up, um, and they want more positive results. They're tired of the same old, same old in politics. No, I agree. I, I agree, and uh, you know you're you're pretty much the front runner where you are. Correct? I mean it's. Looks really good for your situation, right? I mean, the the way it stands right now. It, it is looking actually pretty good. Um, I have a primary to do. You know, the, you know that's uh, we have another guy that's running as a Republican. He calls himself a liberal Republican. Um, you know, whatever that means. Um, I, I I've heard of a conservative Democrat, but a liberal Republican just doesn't make much sense. Um, he's anti-Trump. Uh, he's anti-Second Amendment, pro-abortion. Um, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, I think he's running on the wrong side of the aisle, but, you know, it, that's okay. I mean, if he wants to run, uh, wants to spend some money, um, you know, I guess it's all more power to him. Um, you know, there's not many people backing him. So, you know, that that's fine. Um, you know, we'll take that, and he'll just uh, gear us up to go up against Tim Ryan because I'll be just one and the same. You know, another uh, left-leaning, uh, you know, Democrat. Uh, Tim Ryan, you know, used to not be leaning quite as far left, but, you know, he's now back in the squad, uh, you know, just um, right in there with the rest of the pack. Yeah, that's not that's not good. Um, I, I was going to ask you um, what, you know, we were talking about earlier in the show, just, you know, the lack of credibility and, and all the and all the false stories that the media puts out there and, you know, just all the hate hoaxes and stuff. I mean, we're, you know what? What do you think of all that? You know, I, I think I, w- you know, I wish we could go back and actually have media that would actually do their job and actually do actual journalism, 
Um, I think it's yeah. kind of like a lost art right now. Um, you know, just uh, the way they try to direct the narrative, and it's always like you know about hate, or it's always about you know just um, getting an agenda pushed through. Um, you know, news used to be more than just um, pushing an agenda through. It, it was more about actual news, you know, actual real life events. Um, unfortunately, you know, as we all know, um, it doesn't look like it's going to get any prettier with that. Um, so we just got to deal with it. We just got to keep hammering back. And, uh, you know, I, I like that about Trump. You know, he's not afraid to hammer back. They come right. to him. He'll actually come right back just as strong. And I think that as Republicans, uh, it should teach us a lesson. You know, you look at uh, – let's go back to the last two presidential candidates for the Republican Party, uh, Mitt Romney and John McCain. Neither one of them would actually uh, hit back hard. Um, they just took it and just kind of thought, well, you know, we'll just keep moving on. And you notice both of those lost. Trump came in, and he swung, and he swung hard. And every time they kept coming at him, he'd go right back at him even harder, and he won the campaign, and I think that's what it takes. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I do, I do want to go to uh, D- Dr. Branch. What are, your, what are your thoughts on everything? Go ahead. Yeah, first, John, thanks for being on the show tonight. Um, you're cutting out. Corey and I are – I, I just want to thank Sean for being on the phone uh, on the on the radio show tonight. Uh, Rory and I are both from Arizona here, um, and you know something I really appreciated when John Shattuck was in because he was my congressman. Actually, when he decided not to uh, run again, I was one of the many candidates that that ran for his vacant slot, but. Uh, you know he, he 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 is a person that stands up for his convictions so i remember when the economic downturn happened uh he made a comment that everybody in congress should be should be fired and we we all thought that was a good idea then he said well i'm not going to run again so he's a person that really stood by his convictions and i really appreciate it going to state politics Looking at, uh, you know, we, we currently have Martha McSally as an appointed position. Uh, there's people that are planning on running against them, running against her, and somebody like uh, Daniel McCarthy. Do you think that uh, she should run unopposed, or do you think that somebody like McCarthy should actually step in? Uh, also, uh, what is uh, Doug Ducey's next step after governor? A lot of people are saying that he'd be a great VP candidate uh, if Pence were to run. Of course, we got Daryl Kane on the phone that would object to that, but I just wanted to get some of your <laughs> thoughts, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that the first one, uh, look, I'm always. And by the way, can, I, a, can, a, I, big, can I just say. Can I just say real quick, and I, and I want, I definitely want to an, you to answer all those questions, but I just want to say, you know, being in Arizona, and and you know, I, I was very, I didn't vote for uh, Kristen Cinema because I was very, I was very worried she was going to become a communist, but I will say, she's probably one of the best moderates I've seen in quite some time. She sides with the president, and I, I hate to say this, but she sides with the president more than McSally has, and I, I, I have followed this. And I can't even believe I'm saying this right now. I mean, cinema is is similar to like a Joe Manchin. I mean, they really go on both sides of the aisle. And you know, we just saw cinema come out the other day and basically 
be one of the three Democrats that supports the deportation process and speeding it up, especially people that don't have proper asylum claims here. Uh, but go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Well, I, I mean, I, to, to echo that, I mean, Kirsten Cinema is probably one of the most effective retail politicians I've ever met. I mean, and it's because she's genuine. I mean, she she does really care about the job. And while she's a Democrat, um, you're right. She's she's very much like Joe Manchin. She's her own person. She's not gonna she's not gonna be bowed by the party line. I think the one of the things that's the most impressive about her is that Nancy Pelosi hates her, uh, and she's <laughs> never gonna be uh, she's I never gonna it. be on the track for leadership in the House, which is part of the reason why she ran for the Senate. And you know, I think she ran a phenomenal campaign. The good news for Arizonans is that there's only one Kirsten Cinema. And so I think that, you know, while Mark Kelly looks good on paper, I'm not sure he's got the ability to pull this off. And there's a question about whether Martha, Martha should run unopposed. You know, I think competition is good, and, and running a, a primary campaign is not necessarily a bad thing. It, it helps hone you um, and makes you better, uh, you know, on the stump and, and in the general election. I mean, one thing I wish is that uh, our primary was a little earlier then, you know, late summer to give the general election more of an opportunity to kind of unfold. Uh, so it does, when there's a primary, it does make it a little bit more difficult for the winner to come out and, and, and be there. Uh, but I, you know, if there's going to be somebody that, that runs against her in the primary, I think that's going to be a, a good debate to have. Um, I do think that McSally will probably prevail. And I believe that, you know, she's, she's not been well served by, some of the folks around her, and she's made some shakeups uh, recently, and I think that's going to help her, um, you know, be her own person. I think personally, she's a, a strong, you know, woman who is, you know, obviously been through a lot as far as I mean, she's a fighter pilot. She was the first combat fighter pilot uh, in in the United States, and so she's she's a tough woman, and I think that she has not been able to be herself. Uh, because of how much she's been handled uh, in the past. And I think that we'll see a, a better version of that as we go forward in the months to come. I mean, you know, time will tell, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it, as far as I can see, you know, Trump's going to carry Arizona pretty strongly. Um, and if McSally does the right things, uh, she'll win a primary and she should handily win the general. Um, but it's, you know, she's going to have to stand with the president and, be strong with, with the conservative agenda in order to make that happen. Yeah. And to yeah. Doug Ducey's uh, future, I, you know, I, I believe that he went into this when he was back in 2012, no, 2010. Uh, I believe he, he did that with a eye of, you know, I want to give back to uh, I'm going to do some service, but this is going to be if this isn't a career. So I, I actually think that when he finishes his second term, that's probably the extent of his public service as far as an elected position. He's got a lot to offer um, in a lot of ways, but um, I don't think he he definitely doesn't view himself as a career politician. I don't think he wants to be a career politician. Right, right. Very, very well said. Let's go to uh, Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. No, this isn't Kevin. This is Pianca. I was listening. 
wait, give me, give me one second. We go to. I think we have Kevin right here. Kevin, go ahead. Oh yes, Rory. It's really funny you bring up Kristen Cinema because that is exactly what my question was going to be based around. Considering that uh, her, she's one of the most, uh, I would say, conservative Democrats I've seen, and she's given Martha McSally a run for her money, trying to be more Trumpy and more conservative in order to not get. Uh, Beat by uh, Kristen Cinema's level of uh, national protection, and uh, I mean, her uh, Kristen Cinema's track record has been more so on our side, surprisingly. Even though she's an openly lesbian, atheist, you know, self-proclaimed progressive in the past, it's very, very interesting. So I'll, I'll change my uh, question to something else. Um, going back into talking about how the Democrats, they, I do believe, and I have reason to believe this based on the polls that the Democrats are mostly um, believing the lies of the, the media and uh, the, the fake narrative, and they really do think that Trump's awful and uh, Republicans are, are terrible. But there are still a surprisingly large number of these uh, Democrats that uh, had their worldview based on you know, being able to work and provide money and security for them, their families. They're very blue-collar. Um, these are like the very like, union-centered Democrats at, at one time. Um, but after seeing how much um, the Clinton era and um, uh, how much uh, even in, in Bush's time a little bit, how uh, we lost our jobs. It went overseas and wages went down. We we're losing our manufacturing. Um, there's uh, many problems taking place in our, uh, our entire uh, industry pretty much um, in production. So uh, I really want to ask mostly about um, how much you think uh, Democrats appeal to this more um, if they could change more so to the Republican Party based on um, the economy, which Trump has done so excellently on. And also, I want to get your opinion on a recent House of uh, Representatives bill that happened, uh, 1044. It was recently passed, um, and you had 100 and I think one Republicans voted for it that made it passed, and it gave about tens of thousands of green cards to all these uh, foreign Indian workers. And in my opinion, it does seem that we're sending in a whole lot of people to displace American workers in in all these different uh, industries. Uh, But it seems to be popular opinion in our, in our Congress. What do you think about that? Well, I think that um, the, the one thing that I know is that, I mean, Look, we've got the lowest unemployment we've ever had. We can thank Trump's policies for that. Um, I, you know, there's help wanted signs everywhere you go. Um, one of the things that that I worry about is that conservatives aren't having enough babies. I mean, <laughs> we know the liberals don't want to have kids, but we need to have more because uh, we actually have uh, the lowest birth rate uh, that than we've ever had in the United States, and uh, I think it's going to be important as we have an aging population that we have a workforce that's there to uh, continue to grow the economy. I mean, as far as the green cards go, I've been, I've been out of that side of the policy uh, world for a while. Um, You know, I've, I've been mostly uh, on the side of what's the, what's best to help grow the economy. And if that means, bring some workers in, some skilled workers. I don't think these were were these high skilled tech workers or is this something that something else? Yes, mostly in the tech sector, yes. 
I mean, it it goes to um, you know what we we need to get more of our kids into the to math and science as part of engineering that kind of thing. Um, and I you know I blame education. I mean, we just we need to get kids educated much better than what the public schools are doing at this point. And um, you know, I, my mom saw that. You know, myself and my five brothers and sisters were homeschooled for big chunks of our uh, young young lives because she didn't see at that and this is you know a long long before it's gotten so much worse um but we we've got to figure out a way to educate our kids uh in a way that allows them to be competitive and smart enough to do the things that that our, our economy is going to require because it's a changing economy as we all know uh and uh we're going to have to have the ability to have our young people pivot um, to how that economy changes. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Eric, Eric, go ahead. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Um, I'll just make it simple. Cause there's so many people to ask you questions. My, my take is in California and people I'm talking to that it, the, the left, they believe that if, if they simply, if things stay status quo, they win. So they're fighting to continue it on the on the squad side, but a lot of Democrats are meeting saying look, or that I'm talking to are saying, well, we're actually winning. We're winning by excessive immigration. We're winning by more H1 visas to take more tech jobs. We're winning by advancing LGBT, ABC, one, two, three. I mean, um, everything's going their way. Do, do the people you talk to in Arizona and other places do the conservatives see the urgency that? that status quo will cost us our country or are they not looking that far down the road? They're looking more just next election. Let's get that one done, but maybe not looking at the, the macro effects of what's happening. You know, I, I think that they do look beyond the next election. I think that's part of why, you know, one of the things that I, I have a lot of optimism about is the direction that we're going because Trump is, you know, instituting policies, reducing regulations, but more, like I said before, most importantly, it's the change in, in uh, the makeup of the judges at the federal level. I mean, that's just such a huge issue because so many things – I mean, most everything is going to, at this point, go through the courts because there's such division. Somebody's going to sue on anything that becomes a policy. And so if we have good conservative judges that stick to the Constitution, that'll help reduce – one, it'll – slow down or maybe even stop the encroachment of government and heaven help us if that's possible in a few years, we can actually start to peel some of that back. And I think we're actually starting to see that uh, in, in a lot of cases. And, you know, I, I, I come at this very optimistically. I think that the status quo is failing and uh, most Americans understand that, which is why I think Trump's going to be reelected soundly. And, you know, four more years, uh, of an aggressive agenda, I mean, we're going to be in a great position going into 2024. Yeah, I think I think my biggest concern is, as a Trump supporter, is remember they announced they were going to go round up a million illegal aliens, and then they ended up getting 18. So, yeah, I saw that. So yeah, I, the, way, the way it's going right now, because I, I live in California, I watch huge communities growing, non-assimilation, um, you know, with with foreign investment, buying up large housing tracks. So it, from the California view, which I know we're sinking, but 
I, I just I just don't get the urgency that I need from people because maybe they're in states that seem more conservative and they don't really understand the movement in these leftist states because like over a million illegals are going to come in this year. We we caught 18 people that already have their their deportation papers, and the rest of them just go on with life, and then they're having children, more anchor babies, and, and even the tech jobs at the Google where I used to do Uber, you know, they're coming over 60,000, 70,000 a year. They get married. They get the green cards. The chain migration brings over the whole family. So I'm, I'm just – I guess I'm more on the pessimistic side, maybe because where I live – but I don't, well, I I don't see the tide going well. What, what, what I, what, what the, what the tide you see is a lot of the people leaving California. They're coming to Arizona. They're going to Texas. They're going to Nevada. They're going to Utah. Um, I, I think California is going to stand alone, and it's just leftward lurch. And while you're there, it's going to feel very dire, but eventually it's going to fail. Um, I mean, Gavin Newsom as your governor is, is a disaster. And mark my words, eight years from now, California will be, you know, really, really suffering while the rest of the country or most of the country is going to be excelling. And people are going to say, you know, what what was this California collapse? What created it? And we're all going to be able to say, we told you so. Sound right. like a deal. So true. So true. Um, let's go to, um, all right, let's go to, let me introduce, we have on the line, uh, popular talk show host, entrepreneur, political activist, and freedom fighter, Will Johnson. Will Johnson, speaking of California, you can speak on that. I mean, I'm sure you, uh, you know, you don't live there anymore, uh, and I'm sure you don't miss it. You're now in Texas, which is a much better state, but, uh, you know, all the problems California is facing. Yeah, you're talking about California. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm actually um I, I mean I miss the people in California. There's actually, there's absolutely good people in California. The problem is the bad people have taken over California and they have just ruined a beautiful state. And I don't I mean personally I like to see California turn around but I'm not seeing it happen. And it's almost it's almost like the people are going to have to revolt for something to actually happen in California, but we all know that's not going to happen because conservatives, they, for the most part, just sit back and kind of watch things happen, you know, and, and conservatives are not violent like the left, so California is just going to continue to get worse, in my opinion. Um, even with Even when people vote in the state of California, I don't even be honest with you. I don't even think votes count in the state of California because we see all the corruption that's taking place. I mean, there's no way, there's no way in a in a rational world that uh, Maxine Waters would win an election fairly for so many years for not doing anything for her constituents. So that just tells me right there that California is so corrupt that they're not going to change anything and nothing's going to ever come of California except for just being destroyed. Yeah, I tell you, man, it's it is mind blowing. And you know, we were talking about earlier how, how the media has misled so many people and has, you know, made so many false stories, including that Erica Thomas story where her fat ass, you know, 
took too much food in the express line, and then she claimed some white man told her to go back to her country, but it turned out it was uh, a Cuban Democrat. I mean, just all these different yeah. fake stories that the media was pressing, pushing, and, you know, the whole thing with the Mueller. And, I mean, it goes on and on. These people are terrible. No, you're absolutely right. You know, they don't – This there is no such thing as uh, an uprise in white supremacy and people white going out attacking people black and this and that. That is completely a fake story. It's a hoax. And because it's not happening, these people have to make up these stories to fit their narrative. She probably just right. didn't like the fact that someone told her that she was in the wrong, you know. Right. And then she, all she, and then she, first thing she did is start screaming racism, racism, right. racism, when it had nothing to do with it. The guy's an anti-Trumper. Now you know what? Probably yeah. after all of this, he's probably gonna start liking Trump. <laughs> right. Well, and here, here's another thing. You know, it, it's like the media ignores stories like, for instance, last weekend in Chicago, 43 people were shot in Chicago last weekend. The media tries to cover up these stories, but they'll push a story that enables and, and encourages drag queens to fondle no. kids and, and oh, read them yeah. story time. Yeah, all this sick, sick shit. Excuse my language, but... No. It's absolutely mind. It's mind blowing, and it's disgusting what they're shoving down our throats. And you know they don't respect our beliefs, but they expect us to respect theirs. It's the biggest hypocrisy. It's the biggest joke on earth. Uh, the double standard. I mean, you name it. And you know, you do a lot of different uh, videos, and you're you're well known in the media, and you get hundreds of thousands of views on your videos. And I mean, you 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 talk about this stuff, and you see this stuff, and it's sick, man. No, dude, you're 100% correct. And you know why they're targeting the children, right? I mean, they're targeting children because once they have children believing that this sickness is a good thing, it's a positive thing, and when these children become young adults, 18, 19, 21, 25, 30, they're going to say that it's always been like this. They're indoctrinating our children at such an early age that it's going to be no reversing it. And then on top of that, they're trying to force, especially in the state of California, now they're forcing their homosexual ideology onto the children. And 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 they're telling the parents in these schools that you cannot back out. I mean, if that is not complete programming and indoctrination of the masses, I don't know what it is. It is absolutely sick. And then, you know, they were talking about, you just brought up how you uh, talking about the Dragon Queen storytelling time. They, there was an episode where this pervert drag queen was sitting there doing the story time and ended up laying down and had a little yep. boy laying on top of him. I mean, <laughs> I mean, where are the parents at? I mean, where are the, where are the cops at? Not only should that pervert be locked up, but the parents should be locked up for putting the child in danger. This is a sick world we live in, and it's absolutely getting worse. What is wrong with yeah. these people? It, it's scary. I mean, it, it is scary right now, Will, I will say. Uh, Daryl, Daryl, go ahead. Yeah, one well, Believe in sexual abuse. 
I'm not hearing them. Carol, are you on? I'm on. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay. So back from the top, because this is such an important topic. I'm glad it came up. This, for me, is my number one gut check line in the sand moment for conservatives. Uh, If you're a grown man and you do not have the courage to defend an innocent child from what is clear sexual abuse, I've got no use for you. And we've got way too many people masquerading as conservatives that want to capitulate on this issue, which to me is issue number one is actually defending children. That is, in fact, the top priority of our civilization, our society. Uh, not only do we have the, uh, the transgendered community actually now reading to children at libraries, I know this firsthand from a very strong community of Jacksonville Christians that attempted to go on that same day and read the Bible to the children, and they were actually not allowed to read to the children. So we've actually surpassed the point now of kind of allowing this inside of everything else, but we're actually now prohibiting goodness. That is why I I refer to this as the satanic theocracy of the left, which is what we see in California This is very serious, and someone raised the issue earlier about how leftist media is selling out to these concepts and movements. And and I think what's actually more disturbing about it is that in so many cases, you actually see these businesses directly flying in the face of what is in their best interest. I can think of no greater example of this than Gillette, maker of Gillette razor blades, with so many horrific things that they've rolled out this past year. The last thing, obviously – they, they premiered a commercial of a father teaching his daughter, who has been pumped up with uh, hormone therapy, teaching his daughter how to shave. And uh, I can think of really nothing that is a better example of going against your direct market, which is red-blooded men, offending at least 50% of them uh, to, I guess, pander to a a very, very minute sector of the population. It begs the question, if they think that this is good business, just how big of a percentage of the population are they planning on growing these lifestyles? And that's one of the things that's so so infuriating about this, the feedback loop that they have, what you see with these, these people that go through with these horrific gender-mutilating operations without any discernible evidence to support the hypothesis of them being quote-unquote misgendered, you have what is, I think, a quite natural response and a tragic response. You have staggering suicide rates. I've heard attempt rates as high as 40%, 25% as high uh, for the actual execution of suicide, and the response from the left, uh, rather than quite the obvious, is that a person realizes that they've robbed themselves of their God-given reproductive organs, maimed themselves in the most profound and personal way possible, and uh, you know the left's response to that is to look at this and say that actually this is proof that we need to do more to normalize this. This is deeply evil. Uh, My heart goes out to the victims of these operations. Those are the true victims. And my heart and my love for children is specifically what informs me to draw a line in the sand and to say no on this.
I'm saying, I'm in. Everybody, Everybody back. Am I in? Can you hear me? Yes, yes go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, so, so I'm here to, too. to go ahead to, yeah, to, to, to finish up on that topic, this is really one of the, the most important issues, and it's why I've been very clear under a Kane administration this would be uh, viewed as sexual abuse of minors. Academic reform starts with prosecution. Teaching this to children is an act of violence, and it's an act of sexual abuse. And that's how I would define it, and I would act upon it. And quite frankly, following orders would not be an acceptable defense. So I'm deeply encouraged to see the support. I know Dr. Branch has done terrific work on this in the Phoenix area, if memory serves. And I applaud everyone that's willing to stand up on this. Children, guys, this is, you know, it's uncomfortable for the California conservatives and they want to stray away from this and preface their conservatism by saying that I don't care about what people do and so on and so forth. But uh, this is this is about children. And this is specifically why marriage is where the line in the sand is drawn, because when you redefine marriage and you equate a same-sex couple to a mother and a father couple, you place the rights of a same-sex couple to experience parenthood, something they would never experience in nature, ahead of the rights of a child to experience a mother and a father, as is not only dictated by their biblical needs, but their biological needs as well. Thank you. Spot on. We're going to go to a commercial real quick, and we'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind the scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert. 
to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. And we are back, the Rory Sodder Show, coast-to-coast, worldwide, listened to in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. And also remember, in about a month, we will be releasing the big media network, 24-7 network. Uh, raising a lot of money for it. Uh, America's toughest sheriff, good friend of mine, Joe Arpaio, will be the face of the network, as well as uh, the director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer, a good friend of mine as well. Uh, we, can't, we can't wait uh, to release this. A lot a lot to look forward to here. Uh, many notable, notable people will be hosting their own show, which is very exciting. Um, I have about a minute left. I there. You know, guys, we had so many callers in tonight, uh, certain people that I will be getting back on soon because I, I didn't think they got enough time tonight. Um, but let me, Will, I'll start with you. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you. You go to UnitedAmericaFirst.com, um, and you can find all of my social media connections there. Thanks for having me on, Rory. Absolutely, my friend. We'll have you back soon. Uh, Dr. Branch, go ahead. Yeah, hi, everybody. This is Dr. Bob Branch. You can uh, reach me at my website, drbobbranch.com. That's drbobbranch.com. Absolutely. Um, let's uh, – d- 
Dr. Hennon, uh, I'm going to get you back on here uh, very soon. I know we didn't get a lot of time to talk to you tonight, but please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yeah, my my name's Dwayne Hennon. I'm actually running for Congress in the 13th District of Ohio. Um, You can check me out at Hennon, the number four, Ohio2020.com, or at DRD Hennon um, on Twitter. Sounds good, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Um, uh, Sean Noble, uh, please. It was great having you tonight, my friend. Please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Great to be with you tonight. They can go to AmericanEncore.org, which is our website for American Encore, or you can follow on Twitter at Sean Noble, S-E-A-N-N-O-B-L-E-A-V-D-C. Perfect. Uh, Dan, Dan, go ahead. Hey, guys. Well, it was great talking to everyone. Uh, my name is Dan Wass. The last name is W-O-S, as in Sam, and you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, my website uh, for is goodgunbadguy.net or goodgunbadguy.com. So look forward to talking to everyone again. Thank you. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, go ahead. This is Kevin DeKuyper. You can find me on social media at Nationalist United or NationalistUnited.com. We're expanding, and you'll be seeing a lot more of us. Thanks, Rory. Sounds, sounds good, my friend. Uh, let, let's go to Daryl Kane. You'll find me riding Kevin's coattails, and you'll find me on DarylKane2024.com. Have a blessed evening, everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Uh I want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in tonight. It really has been a uh, fantastic show. So much addressed, so much established, uh, amazing topics. Um, I do do want to mention, uh, I want to thank, as usual, I want to thank all my audience, my guests, my co-hosts and sponsors. Uh, You guys are all incredible. Uh, The show just keeps getting better and better. Perfect rhythm, perfect flow, really everything you could want in a show. And uh, I tell you, I'm very thankful and blessed for all of you. Again, I know I thank you guys a lot, but it's it's the truth. Uh, you know, just a couple things I want to announce real quick. Um, few few quick things. Uh, the teenagers that were going to the Turning Point USA Trump speech camped out last night overnight to see the speech. So we have the the youth that is, you know, starting to come on the Trump train. I mean, Trump is strongly, you know, resonating with them and, and appealing to them. So, you know, that, that, that is really big. I mean, that, that's big and that's, that's really positive. A uh, couple, another thing, uh, President Trump uh, announced that there will be, there is a compromise and they agreed with the Democrats on a new budget deal. Uh, a lot of good stuff will be put into that, uh, you know, for, for our agenda, for our mega agenda. So, you know, we can look forward to that. Um, other things, you know, President Trump did mention today that, or, or the other day, it was like, it was an article recently, like in the last day or two, that he wants to get us out of Afghanistan. I mean, there, it's, you know, it's a, it's just a complete mess. I mean, it's so unnecessary to still be there. And, you know, he thinks we should bring the troops home. So, Uh, Something to really cross our fingers on. Uh, He's absolutely right. It's gone on far too long. Uh, Good news today. The DOJ 
has launched an antitrust probe into the tech giants. Um, you know, a lot of these companies like Facebook are now going to be strongly and thoroughly investigated, which is great. You know, they need to be uh, held accountable. They really do. You know, that this is something that uh, this abuse has gone on for far too long uh, with, with, these, with these corporations. You know, there's a reason why they call them the masters of the universe because they control uh, a lot of what goes on. Um, you know, and I also, you know, just want to say we have a huge show uh, scheduled on Thursday night. A lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to with that. Oh, oh and last topic, uh, ASAP Rocky's mom, the rapper. As everybody knows, President Trump is trying to get the rapper ASAP, ASAP Rocky out of Sweden out of jail there after Kanye West called him and asked him. And now ASAP Rocky's mom is even thanking Trump. And now you got more of the black community he's appealing to, which is great news. Uh, we got to run everybody, uh, but have a great uh, next couple days. We'll see you on Thursday night. Huge show plan. A lot to talk about. Can't wait to be with all of you. Uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Cheers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.